0: Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Dave's going to come and preach, Um, but let's pray for you, Dave. Thank you, Lord, that you do dwell. You come and amongst us, and Lord, we don't we don't expect that when we when we hear the word that actually you walk out of the room lord you 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 come and you presence yourself in the words they're spoken so we pray for dave as he opens his mouth we would hear from you and we would understand your heart more than we've understood it before in jesus name amen i want to speak on how do we face uncertainty How do we face the future when it's not in our control? How do we work through those feelings of anxiety and concern that come? We're having to face a future where you're not in control. Nobody is in charge of their future. You don't know what lies ahead. You just don't. You know some of what lies ahead and you hope you know, but there is an uncertainty in life. And these guys have created uncertainty by their choices. But I think when you go on an adventure, for God, you always create challenges about how you're going to walk through a future that you do not control. And and I'm very aware that uh, just how much all of us would love to be in control of the future, <laughs> our future, what's going to happen to us, how will this work out, and so on. Uh, and uh, And the reality is that we can't. Don't you agree? Are you totally in control of your future? What's going to happen? What your marriage is going to do? What your job's going to do? What your finances are going to do? What your family's going to do? None of us. So we're just in this position of living this side of heaven. We're living with uncertainty. So my topic is trust in the midst of uncertainty... And um, I, I found a new term. I've never seen this before. I, I was reading something from secular psychology. And it's called loss of control anxiety. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I, I, I get what that means. Loss of control anxiety. When we lose control, something kicks off. And so I want to just tell you a little story. If you want a Bible open, turn to John thirteen thirty-three, Because uh, we're just talk about separation anxiety this must um, really crown it all because uh, Jesus is with the disciples in chapter 13, 33 uh, my little children I will be with you only a little longer you will look for me and just as I told the Jews so I tell you now where I'm going you cannot come you've just spent three years living with Jesus communal living common purse. Only times you're separated when he's up and down the mountain praying uh, or choosing just to spend some time with his with his father. Uh, but then he comes back and he always comes back, even if it means walking on a lake. He comes back and he says, I'm going and you can't come. You f- that creates uncertainty. That must create a, a level of anxiety and stress and uncertain and confusion, what is going on? He says, where are you going? Where, you're, where I'm going, you can't come. And Peter says, oh, well, I'll come. I can come. And he says, no, you can't. Where I'm going, you cannot follow. Well, I'll lay down my life for you. No, you won't. You'll deny me three times, even before the morning comes. We're in the middle of five chapters in John that take place on a Thursday evening. The night before Jesus is crucified. Five whole chapters. The focus is to draw you into the experience of what was going on as well as the truth. And then the remaining chapters through chapter 20 are about the passion. The actual crucifixion and resurrection. Five chapters. And, um, and so we get this breaking in. So at that point, my, what I want to share with you very briefly is... What was, how did Jesus counsel his followers, his disciples, his friends? How did, he decide, how did he counsel them? What would be his counsel? How would he help them through this time where there's going to be fear? That they're in a very hostile environment. A very violent environment. Murder's going to take place. And uh, how, how, how would you counsel your friend? Going through incredible uncertainty. Well, chapter 14, verse 1. We put it up on the screen. Um, it's quite simple. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Oh, sounds easy. <laughs> well, that's Jesus' advice. Don't let your heart. Now, there is, a, there is an implication there. There's an element of choice for us in how we respond to crisis, to uncertainty, to the future. Don't let... Oh, I don't let... Yeah, you, Dave, don't let your heart, your heart be troubled. Someone said this morning, I think it was, it was Ali, that our heart is bigger than our head. You know, you can recite from knowledge truth about God, but what you've got in your heart, that is the real deal. And the heart, it's your emotional seat. It's it's who you are, and it it's it's some... So we kind of go through a mental process, but there's something about guarding our heart and protecting our heart, not letting it become troubled. And then the book end to this chapter comes right at the end of the chapter. Don't let your heart be troubled. He says it again. Don't be afraid. So I think Jesus, the great shepherd, he's shepherding his people. He's wanting to help them through. How do I go through a time that is so challenging I can't see the end from the beginning? He says, well, this is his counsel. And he's the great shepherd, so we need to listen. <laughs> and uh, we need to just have a quick look at how you get into that. But there's a real sense of vulnerability here. I was met with a pastor friend, a prophet actually, a prophet friend, this week. And we need to chat some things through. And he's been through a very difficult time. And he didn't know what the future would bring and how it would work out. I think it's worked out brilliantly for him, actually. Um, but he needed some reassurance and, uh, on that, I think. But we were talking about living vulnerably. Not knowing what the future held. Not knowing what was around the corner. And how do we guard our... How do we manage our heart when we've got uncertainty like that? And um, he said, vulnerability is not weakness. And I said, most men think it is. (laughs) That to be vulnerable, to acknowledge how vulnerable you're feeling, is a sign of weakness. We should be strong. We should be able to walk through this challenge. We should be able to hold it all together. And actually, the Bible teaches us that vulnerability is not weakness. It is the opportunity to find God in a fresh way in your situation. It is an open door of access to being able to draw on the resources of God in a way that you haven't before because the situation of vulnerability presses you in there as long as you are willing to acknowledge your vulnerability. Now, I'm not very good at acknowledging vulnerability. <laughs> I've, you know, we're, we're in the midst of buying and selling a house, so it's uh, supposed to be quite stressful on up there, isn't it, in the register of stress causing things and I'm thinking, I start thinking I'm not going to get stressed about this, I'm just going to walk through it. And then things start to happen which are not in your control. Other people make choices and you think, oh, that's not good, I don't like that and so on. And before you know it you can begin to get anxious. Now, um, if I'm going to be vulnerable, I have to acknowledge the stress that I'm feeling, and why I'm feeling it. What is it that's going on in my heart to make me feel anxious? And my instinct, I don't know if this is just a male thing uh, or just a personality thing, but my instinct when I get a negative emotion like fear and anxiety, I want to crowd in, is I just want to keep it out there. Thank you very much. I don't want to feel it because it's not very nice. It's a negative emotion for me. Anxiety, separation, anxiety, or whatever it is, leaving... Josie and Justin, or whatever it might be. I want to keep it out there. That's just what I do. But I'm not making myself vulnerable. I'm trying to keep myself safe. The trouble is, I just become very unpleasant to be around. <laughs> when I'm keeping all these negative emotions over there. Because they're still there. I'm just not processing. I'm not engaging with it. I'm, I'm trying to be not vulnerable. Because it's uncomfortable. I'm saying only when I admit why I'm feeling like this and begin to engage with it can I get through it and I find that vulnerability is not weakness, it's honesty. And it's finding that I can draw on God from that place of honesty about my so-called weakness. Paul sussed this. He says... Well, I've learnt this, when I'm weak, vulnerable, that's when I'm strong. Why? Because that's when I draw on the grace of God. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, your vulnerability, your openness to engage with this. Now, my wife's very different to me. She lives motion all the time. She lives it out, don't you, darling? She lives, I mean, she engages with, she doesn't bury negative emotions. She gets them out. She just gets them out. She gets them out. I think you're a bit same. Uh, get them out. Don't bury them because it's unhealthy. But it's not easy. It sounds like a very difficult thing to do. So we've got the verses. At least that's the bookend council. That's why I think it's these councils. at the beginning, it's at the end of this, this piece of scripture. And uh, and so, how do you face the challenge of the, of the future that's uncertain? You can face it with fear. You can let your heart be troubled. Or you can, my next slide, take life as an adventure. Adventure awaits. I saw this poster in South Africa. I don't know if you can see it. It's a lighthouse, there's waves, there's bikes. It was very evocative to me. We were just doing a trip down there and we were with some friends. And, and Oh, it's better up there. Um, <laughs> it's brighter up there anyway. And, and, and it's like, do I have the courage to approach this next phase in life as an adventure with courage rather than with fear and dread? You know, we're moving to another part of the country. We'll, we're going to have to start all over again. Friends, church, everything. Uh, is that an exciting option? Or is it one that I'm just going to feel nervy about? Well, either is an option. I can choose. Don't let your heart be troubled. No. and And of course, the real key, the real secret, I think, to all this is as Jesus said right at the beginning of this chapter before he said don't let your heart be troubled he first said don't let your heart be troubled believe in God believe also in me and belief and trust are related aren't they what you believe you trust trust is a passive condition so I like the chairs here I'm impressed with them they're nice and stainless steel can't imagine how much they cost, but I'll not ask that now. It's very nice. Now, here's an example of believing. Without really thinking much about it, I believe this chair could take my weight. So I'll trust it. In fact, I probably won't think about it at all. I'll just trust that. I hope you haven't booby-trapped it. Uh, (laughs) That it will take my... Oh, it does. I believed. So I trusted. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about how utterly good he is or not? You see, we spend a lot of time in the Christian world at the moment, in the West at least, trying to convince Christians that God really is so unfathomably good and so unfathomably loving that we can put our full weight of trust on him and uh, so we know that in our heads because we keep being told it <laughs> and Ali's trying to help us in that moment to make sure it's in your heart and I find out whether I really believe God is good so so good that I can put my full weight on him and if I do that, to something with my heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And where are you going to lean? Lean not on your own understanding, no, lean into him. <laughs> That's a wonderful invitation, isn't it? In all your paths, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Boom it doesn't feel straight sometimes it feels very bendy, this house sale doesn't feel straight but he's straight and I know him so I'm not going to worry about it I'm going to say this is an adventure that awaits us we're going to put our full weight of trust on that and when fear wants to come crowding in because something happens that I don't like then by the grace of God I'm going to wrestle that blooming thing to the ground and I'm going to be brave yeah? yeah? It takes a lot of courage and bravery. That's, what this, what, that's the finishing point I'm moving towards. This isn't, this isn't osmosis. Oh, I'll just, it'll just work out. No, it's an internal wrestling. Out of my vulnerability, I can find the presence and the strength of God. But I do have to admit it. I do have to admit where I'm at. I do have to admit the rest. And then I do have to, there's an ABC here, I do have to believe that God is as good as he says he is, and he really is is totally loving. And then I do have to confess with my mouth the truth about that. That's my ABC. admit, believe, confess that's how you get saved believe with your heart confess with your mouth about Jesus is the Lord that's the ticket it's in your heart it's not a false confession at the front of a meeting it's in your heart I believe Jesus is the Lord and I confess it with my mouth I'm saved is this okay? connecting with life we want to connect with life real life what goes on So, um, there's so much (laughs) I've got out of this passage. But Jesus gives two promises in chapter 14. I'm sorry we haven't got time to read it all. The first one he goes straight into In my Father's house, many rooms. And I'm going to get a place ready for you, and I'm going to come and I'm going to take you there, because I am the way to the Father, to the Father's house. No one comes to the Father, he says, except through me. So, his first place to help in that... I mean, these guys are going to go through incredible stress in the next 24 hours, next three days. They're going to go through incredible stress. And he wants to help them. So, if you have to counsel someone, or counsel yourself, Jesus just says, lift your head, remember the end from the beginning, heaven. Heaven. The Father's house, that's our destination. And being with the Father, that's our destination. And I've brought, I've come to reveal the Father to you and bring you to the Father. And and that might just sound like theological talk to you, but it is the reality that heaven is your destination. If you know, if you've done that Romans 10 thing, (laughs) believing in your heart. Confessing with your lips, He's Lord. You're going to heaven. All right, it's rock rock solid guarantee. Something to get excited about. Something to remind yourself of from time to time, because our vision gets shut down, and we need it to go up. And it's what you guys are seeking to increase your vision. And. Uh, And even, and we say, oh, well, that's great. That's in the future. But if you look in verse 23, he says, Jesus says, and the Father and I, we're going to come and dwell with you now. We're going to come and dwell in you now. So we don't just have pie in the sky (laughs) when you die. Heaven, wonderful. We have a promise of something now. The second promise is I'll ask another helper to come. The counselor, the helper, the comforter. And he'll dwell with you and in you. See, he's alongside. Paracletos is the one who comes alongside to help you. Well, that's great. He's a counselor. He's helping me in life's path. But but he's in you as well. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. (laughs) I'm feed on that one. You're in me. Uh, The Father's in me. The Spirit's in me. Jesus is in me. Because there's a trinity out there It's perfect in unique individuality and yet such fellowship, such relationship, they can swap names and places. I'm not going to the Trinity in one minute. but um, It's good, isn't it? It's good. You've got a couple of massive promises that you can feed on in chapter 14 of heaven, knowing the Father is indwelling, and this other, another one, you know, the word another helper. The another's two words for another in Greek. But this one is the another that is just like me. Jesus saying there's another helper just like me. Another could be a different kind of helper. But no, the use of the word here, parakletos, is he's another one just like me. It's like a helpful slave. It can be like an advocate, someone who comes and defends you and is for you, gets alongside you. Hallelujah. Here's the parakletos. But it says and I love love this, I wonder if I can just find it straight off the top Um, yeah the end of verse 17 you know him this is the Holy Spirit for he lives with you and will be in you and I'll not leave you as orphans he will be in you he's not yet been poured out baptism of the Holy Spirit is about a filling with the Holy Spirit that will be in you in such an abundant way. So, I think I need to draw to a close. I want to encourage you. There is a huge growth point in being vulnerable before God and acknowledging your weakness that isn't failing, it's just your limitation as a human being to live a perfect life. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible <laughs> we're all in that together wonderful and so I want to finish with this quote from I hope you don't mind it's not from the Bible it's from Psychology Today <coughs> uh, next please. how do you live in a world without experiencing losing control anxiety uh, well, I was just talking about this whole thing You give up demanding certainty. But how do you do that? The answer to this lies in the cultivation of courage. Attaining serenity. Call it peace. My peace I give to you is in this passage. Uh, Attaining peace is possible only if you face the uncertainty of the future with courage. This means refusing to cave to the fear of uncertainty. Next. This means forcing yourself to walk away from your rumination and worry and to do something constructed with your life. It means having the courage to accept yourself as inherently flawed, as part of a universe that offers no guarantees and as a being that lives imperfectly in this imperfect universe. That's a man who hasn't got God. So how much more... The Holy Spirit who is the comforter. And you know, that's the King James word for the Holy Spirit. Comforter meant, in King James language, the one who gives you thought, strength. Comfort is to give you strength. It's not put a blanket around you and pat you on the back. It's to make you strong, courage. So I want to just leave that with you, you guys. Courage, be brave. Ride the adventure. For all of you, I just want to finish with a prayer. um, It's quarter past now, so to finish. If it's connecting for you, you know. You can admit your vulnerability. You're feeling anxious, concerned, in need at this point in time. Just close your eyes. And let's just tell the Lord. (laughs) So we'll make a confession, Lord. That times when we feel really vulnerable, we don't feel strong. And in that place, we ask you to come to us. You are our comforter. The one who makes us strong, makes us brave, gives us courage to face the future. Overcoming the fears, do not be afraid. You said, Jesus, and you said, my peace I'll give to you as a gift. And Lord, we don't get it without reaching for it and asking for it and trusting you for it. So we just open up our hearts to you. We invite you to come to us again in the midst of the uncertainties of this life. And Lord, I pray as people go away and think about this, hopefully, they'll grapple. They'll grapple for a peace in their heart. They'll grapple for a fresh impartation of God into their lives with a vulnerability. That is ultimately strength. So let your blessing be upon us Lord we pray. Amen.